Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. Hey, I want to jump right into the Word this morning, so have your heart open. Have your Bible open if you got one. Hopefully you do. How many of y'all know these save lives? I'm going to say that again. How many of y'all know these save lives right here? All right? Phones call people. These save lives. All right. It says in Haggai. Did I say Haggai? Haggai. I want to say Haggai, but it's Haggai. Brandy corrected me. On August 29th, I'm reading out of the New Living Testament. Don't get used to this. I'm an amplified guy, but there's something in here that I want you to see. It says that the second year of King Darius' reign, the Lord gave a message to the prophet Haggai, to Zerubbabel, son of Sheatel, governor of Judah, and Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. The people are saying, the time has not come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the Lord sent this message to the prophet Haggai, Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. You have planted much, but harvest little. You eat, but are not satisfied. You drink, but are still thirsty. You put on clothes, but cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. Verse 7. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. Now in verse 12. Then Zerubbabel, son of Sheatal, and Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of God's people began to obey the message from the Lord their God. When they heard the words of the prophet Haggai, whom the Lord their God had sent, the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave the people this message from the Lord. I am with you, says the Lord. Come on, who believes that even today? On May the 29th, 2022, a few years after this, how many of y'all believe that God is still saying that to us as a church, as a people, as a family, that I am with you, says the Lord? Then it goes to verse 14. It says, so the Lord sparked the enthusiasm of Zerubbabel, son of Sheatel, governor of Judah, and the enthusiasm of Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the enthusiasm of the whole remnant of God's people, they began to work on the house of their God, the Lord of Heaven's armies. And on September 21st of the second year of King Darius' reign, history tells us this. After this word of the Lord, they built the temple in two months. I'm here to tell you there's something that happens with enthusiasm, right? God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's a lamp unto our feet, that it is a light unto our path. God, I pray that today that you move mountains. I pray the joy in the room, joy unspeakable and full of glory. I pray, God, that there, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And God, no matter the circumstance, no matter the call, no matter what we're up against, God, we pray that today, Lord, that you provide strength in the middle of it all. And Lord, we give you glory for it in advance. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, this word is for you. Look at your second choice. Come on, your second choice. And tell them, I'm sorry, you're my second choice. But I got some enthusiasm. Woo! Amen. I feel like today this message needs a Ric Flair. Woo! Don't you think, Pastor Michelle, you were in the first service? How many of y'all know my, my, my? 
How, how, how do you all know we need some enthusiasm in the world today? I mean, you don't have to go far, look far, listen far to see that this world needs a little bit of joy and enthusiasm. I mean, if you watch CNN, Communist News Network, you will know that the world is full of negative news. It feeds off negative news. But I'm here to tell you, I believe there should be something different on the inside of each and every one of us. A spirit of enthusiasm that sparks something different in our families, sparks something different in our society, sparks something different inside of our cities. And as I was studying this text here, I came across this, oh, a couple of months ago. Maybe Actually, it was a couple of weeks ago. But I was reading the text here in Haggai, and uh, I have to give you a little bit of background here. In, in the Amplified, it said, it stirred up a spirit inside of Zerubbabel, stirred up a spirit inside the people, stirred up a spirit inside of Yeshua. And as I read it in this, I see how important that we have the spirit of God on the inside of us. Because he will stir things in you that will build buildings. And I just want to go ahead and say this this morning. Let's rejoice again that we are sitting in a building that is completely debt-free, not one penny owed to the bank. Y'all, in 2010, we are a million out. Now we are a completely debt-free right here at Arena of Life Church. And I'm telling you, as I told you last week, we're ready to meet with architects, get vision out in front of you, because it's time not to stop. It's time to build more. What did he tell the people in Jeremiah 29? He said, build buildings. Well, well pastor, uh, gas is $6 a gallon. We're going to build buildings. Well, do you see what's happening in the economics? I do. We're going to build buildings because we're going to keep living and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Can I get an amen out there? So in this particular text here, you need to know the background of what's happening. Haggai, he is the prophet uh, over the people here, and he had lived through the exile. If you were here, uh, oh, it's been probably three or four weeks ago, but I preached on Jeremiah 29. And in Jeremiah 29, we love that text where it says, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, to give you a future and to give you a hope. How many of y'all know, love that, that part of the text? But what's amazing to me it's like reading the book of Habakkuk. When you read before that, or even the book of Job, there's some good things in Job, but if you see the backstory of what they're going through, and in, in Jeremiah 29, he tells them beforehand, hey, you're going into exile. You're, gonna live, you're not going to be living in a land flowing with milk and honey, but this is what I want you to do. I want you to build homes. I want you to plant gardens. I want you to raise your kids. I want you to make a difference. And I want you to keep on living in and even in a time where it would wanna, you would want to crawl in a corner and just be in a dark place and not want to live at all. He says, I want you to live. Aren't you thankful they lived? So during this time, and this is what I love about the Bible, we see the book of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel that, that are there. That's the time that they're in exile. So Jeremiah, he prophesies it. And Daniel, we see it. And when they come out of that, so what had happened was is Babylon had overtaken them. They were living in Babylon, and that's when the Lord came to them. But in the, in, uh, history tells us that the Medes and the Persians, they overtook the Nebuchadnezzar. They overtook the one who was Babylon, and uh, Cyrus the Great, who, was, who served a pagan god, he goes to the people and he says this, you need to bring your temple back. Can I tell you this, that people that aren't churchgoers, your neighbors that send you off to church and they, they're watering the yard and you, you, you go to church, I'm telling you, they may not tell you this, but just like Cyrus the Great, 
the church is something important to them even though they're not here? Because I'm telling you, even people outside of these walls, I believe there's something on the inside. Because how many of y'all know those people who's like, I know you're a churchgoer and I want your church to pray for this. Did they not know that they could actually come here and have the same power that we have? How many of y'all know those people? So Cyrus the Great, he says, I want you to build the temple. And we know this in Ezra chapter 1, which is crazy because Ezra is behind Daniel. And it's before the book of Jeremiah. And everybody says, why is it backwards? The, the books aren't lined up. I don't know. I just read it. And there's power that comes from it. And I don't have to know those types of answers. But I do know this about the word of God. When I study it, that excites me. Because when I read the book of Haggai, I'm like, whoa, I, rem- I remember this. Where do I remember this? Oh, from the book of Daniel. Oh, from the book of Ezra. And it's behind all of these things. But it keeps a zeal and excitement about the word of figuring it out. I think the, I'm telling you, the word is alive. So in Ezra chapter 1, he decrees this. And in Ezra 3, 50,000 Jews come. They come to rebuild the temple, and they rebuilt the foundation, but that's all they got done. Because some Samaritans came over and began to heckle them. They began to distract them. They began to get them off their course. How many of y'all know people will do that? I'm going to say that again. If you didn't amen, you better amen. How many of y'all know people will take you off your course of what God has called you to do? Right? And so what he did was, uh, and so it sat there for 16 years. And this is where we pick up in the story of Haggai where the prophet comes to the one who is over Judah at the time, and he says, the people want to still not do anything. But a spirit of enthusiasm came over Zerubbabel, and he built the temple in two months. I'm telling you, enthusiasm will build some things. Can I say that again? Enthusiasm will build some things. It'll build your family. It'll restore things. And so here's this prophet coming from a place of exile, and he's thinking to himself, I'm sure he's thinking this, if I can just get one person to believe, I know that this temple will get built. And so what a leader that he was. And you know, in fact, talking about leadership, I've taught it for years, something that I learned in ninth grade Bible school in the Christian school that I grew up in my freshman year. But I had a teacher named Mrs. Powers, and she taught this leadership class, L-E-A-D-E-R, and it's something that I've added to, and it's something I've gone over for the years. But first thing I want to tell you, no matter what place you are in your life, God has called you to be a leader. And you know, the enemy will tell you, no, I'm not a leader. I'm just a husband. I'm not a leader. I'm just a dad. I'm not a leader. I'm just an employee. But you know, in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12, in fact, I said that praying for one of these boys up here, girls, of, he says, "Let, let not the people despise you because of your youth, but lead by example, by the things that you do. By the words that come out of your mouth. How many of y'all know if uh, through, the, through, the, through Paul to Timothy, speaking to a young man, calling him a leader, how much more do you know you're a leader? I'm telling you, you're leading somebody. It may be the wrong direction right now, but I want to tell all of you in the room, God has called you to be a leader. I'm going to say that again, mom. God has called you to be a leader. And one of the things that I taught was this, L-E-A-D-E-R. The first one is loyalty. My, my, my. How many of y'all know we need loyalty in America today? Divorce is through the roof. People don't know how to be loyal to some things. People aren't even loyal to uh, uh, the same barber. We're not loyal to the same things. We need to be lo- loyal people. The next one is this. We need encouragement. 
We need to be adaptable. Like pastor, God tells us not to be conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Can I tell you, it's a different adaptability. When, I, when Pastor Brandy and I first took over the church here, when they passed the baton to us, someone gave me the best advice. They told me this. They said, when you take over, the best way to drive a cruise ship is wide turns. Because if you take fast turns and change the direction of the ship too fast, people will fall off the ship. And so what we had to do, there was, we had vision, we had some things that we wanted to do, but we had to do that slowly. And what we have to do, we had to adapt to what was already taking place and over time. See, there's so many people that come in and they come into a position at the work and they're like, it's my way or the highway. How many of y'all know it ain't going to work? You got to follow the rules that are before you. You got to get adapted first. The next one is this, loyal, encourage, adapt, dependable. I'm telling, what do depends do? They put up with a bunch of crap, right? And they still get the job done. How many of y'all know we need dependable people? How many of y'all are wearing? No, I ain't gonna ask that. How many of y'all know? Why do I say stuff like that? Forgive me. Erase, go back. But we need, we need dependable people in the world. Come on, we need dependable dads. We need dependable, because I'm telling you, Every day is not going to be a holiday, right? Joe Dirt might have said that, but he was wrong. Every day's a holiday. He was wrong. There's going to be, you're going to have trials. You're going to have tribulation, but we've got to be dependable people. The next one's enthusiasm. That's what I'm going to talk about today. But the, third, the last one is this, is responsibility. There's two brothers in the book of Genesis. There's Cain, there's Abel, and God gives them a command to do, and Cain says, uh, but Abel says, his response, I always say this, he was, his response is, I'm able. And you know what? what God is, whatever God has called you to do, wherever God's called you to be, I'm telling you, you need to have that response, I'm able, I will give it my all, and I will give it everything that I have. But God's called us to live a life of enthusiasm. Everybody say enthusiasm. enthusiasm. Come on, let's, let's be better than that, Enthusiasm. You know, I've been stuck on this. If you've been in some teachings over the last couple of weeks on Wednesday night and talking about walls, I've been talking about this word obedience. And in Deuteronomy 28, God gives people choices. And I believe the Old Testament is still true to the New Testament today, that we've got to obey the teaching of the word of God. I'm telling you, there's so many people, it's like, I want to live a blessed life. Well, you got to obey the word. I want to live a life in peace. I'm telling you, you've got to obey the word. And so what he does is, is he gives people choices. And in Deuteronomy 28, he tells the people that made the right choice and, and had obedience toward the Lord. It, this is what it says in verse, uh, Deuteronomy 28 and verse 3. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and the flocks will be blessed. Your fruit basket and breadboards will be blessed. Am I the only one that's happy about this? <laughs> Jeremy, help me out here. All right. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. Come on, people of God. Isn't that something that's exciting? The Bible says that you'll be blessed. It goes on to say that you'll be the head, not the tail. You'll be above only and not beneath. It said, you'll, you'll, you'll give to many and you'll borrow from none. It goes on to say that one will come against you and I will come against them seven ways. 
Come on, that's good news. But how many of y'all know you've got to obey the voice of the Lord? You know, there's so many people and so many uh, ministers and pastors saying you can live however the heck you want to live. I'm telling you right now, you can do that, but you will live a life in disobedience and a curse will be on your life. And I will say that with all authority in my heart. But if you want to live a blessed life, you've got to obey the commands of the voice of the Lord. And so what it goes on to, and and you know, I read a document or a um, commentary about Deuteronomy 28. And he was saying uh, this one particular man, and I believe that it's one Dr. Charlie gave me. And it said it's a main framework of the Old Testament in the life of God. Because what happens when you put God first in your choices, blessings will overtake you. They'll overtake you. But when you do the opposite, when you disobey and when you run, cursings come. So look at this. I believe there's a key right in the middle of this. And I shared this with the staff the other day. But it says in verse 43, when he's talking about the curse, he says, The foreigners living among you will become stronger and stronger while you become weaker and weaker. Hello. I want to know about this. I don't know about you, but I don't want to get weaker. I want to get stronger. Who's with me this morning? I don't know about you, but I don't want to be weaker. I want to be stronger. And it goes on to say, it says, they will lend money to you, but you will not lend to them. Hello. Before it said that you will give to many and and, and you won't have to borrow from any. It says they will be the head and you will be the tail. It's the opposite. Then in verse 45, if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and to obey the commands and decrees he has given you, All these curses will pursue and overtake you until you are destroyed. Man, this is such a good word. Isn't this encouragement? But listen to verse 46. He says, these horrors will serve as a sign and warning among you and your descendants forever. Not only will it affect you, but it will affect your kids. But look at verse 47. If you do not serve the Lord your God with joy... And enthusiasm for the abundant benefits you have received. You will be left hungry, thirsty, naked, and lacking in nothing. Well, say you will serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you. But I believe there's a key here. I believe as you live a life of joy and enthusiasm, it fights the enemy for you. Did you hear me this morning? When you live a life of joy and enthusiasm, what's the Bible say? It says the joy of the Lord is our strength. It says, joy unspeakable and full of glory. Well, what is enthusiasm? What is it? It's this right here. How many of y'all know we need some enthusiastic people today? You're like, what is it? It's like, is it get lit? Right? Some of you are like, what's that mean? I stopped doing that years ago. (laughs) Come on, it's like, pump it up. It's excitement. How many of y'all know we need to be excited about the Lord? All right, some of y'all. What does it mean? Let's go back to the Greek. The Greek says this, it's entheos. Everybody say entheos. Y'all didn't say it right. I'll say it. Entheos. But en means this. En means within. Theos means God. So this is what enthusiasm means. When he was sparked with enthusiasm to rebuild the temple, and he did it in two months, what it was was God within. How many of y'all know when you allow God to be a part of your life, when he comes in you, that means he can live out of you? What is enthusiasm? That's God within. 
That's God living on the inside of you, making the choice that every day, whatever I do, whoever I'm around, I'm going to make the decision to live with enthusiasm. I want to read this scripture to you in Romans chapter 12. And, and I, don't, I have so much I want to share with you this morning. I definitely didn't get it all out in the first service. But um, in Romans chapter 12 and verse 11, the Bible's full of great scriptures here. But one of, the, one of my favorites is found here in Romans 12. It says, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord with enthusiasm. I mean, y'all know if there was ever a time in the world today, this needs to be a billboard. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. I mean, y'all know we need to serve the Lord with enthusiasm. You're like, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. You know, one of the things that I, I led worship here for many years, and we used to sing this song. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. And I want to show, we're gonna, we're, class is in session. I'm going to show all of y'all today. It's really wild. If you take this, your hand, and this one, and you put them together, it makes a noise. And we used to sing this song, clap your hands, all ye lands. All right, some of y'all know how to praise him. Come on and move your feet, get out of your seat. It's time to praise him. You remember? All right, wait, wait. You guys are doing good. You're learning. But you know what I do? This is already better. See, a little enthusiasm sparked y'all to clap your hands this morning. I'd be up here, and I'm telling you, you think I'm wound now, just 20 years younger, worshiping the Lord with a guitar, breaking strings. I was wound up tighter than Dick's hat band. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> tighter than a banjo string. And I'd be so excited, and I'd be with the team, and I'm like, let's do it. And we'd go out there, oh, clap your hands, all ye lands, it's time. And out here, it looked like we were preaching a funeral. I'm like, do y'all not know that he's on the throne, that he died, and on the third day he rose again? Let's clap our hands, all us lands. It's time to praise him. Come on, how many of y'all know we need to serve the Lord with enthusiasm? I'm going to say that again. We need to serve the Lord with enthusiasm. We got to. Are you not serving the devil? Some of y'all look like it. But we're serving a good God. We're serving a good God. And if there's any, my, 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 there's any time in the day that people need enthusiasm in your life, it's today. It's today. There is so much negative stuff. And I promise you, I get all the same news that you do that you want to get mad. But you know what? I'm not going to let the enemy steal my joy and be enthusiastic dad that I'm, God has called me to be. Listen to what... Uh, you know, this is amazing to me. I was looking at the Department of Employment in the state of Texas. You know what the number one, the number one need in employment today is an enthusiastic employee. Imagine that. All right? If you're selling something, sell it, baby. I'll buy two. We had this goofy guy come to the door one day, and he was selling the spray. I, I think he made it in the car beforehand. I mean, you know what I'm saying? The next day it was like separated from the oil. But he was a salesman. I was like, this has got to be a scam, but give me a bottle. 
You know what I'm saying? All right, that's what you got to do with the gospel. Sell it, baby. Here's another scripture right here in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7. It says, since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers. So how many of y'all know as a believer we need to excel in our faith? The Bible tells us to go from glory to glory. The Bible tells us to go from faith to faith. You don't need to know the same scripture that you knew the day that you got saved. You need to know more. The next one is a gifted speaker. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Just, if you, like I said again, five years down the road, you don't need to buy the Spirit of God. You ought to know more about the Word than you knew five years ago and know how to sell the gospel. It goes on to say your knowledge and your enthusiasm. How many of y'all know we need to excel in enthusiasm? Here's another scripture, real quick. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, it says, So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always, you know what the King James says, always abounding in the work of the Lord. But this one says, always work enthusiastic for the Lord. How many of y'all know if you have a job right now you don't like, but if you work enthusiastic for the Lord, that attitude will change around, turn around? Can you do this for your boss and for yourself? Get enthusiastic. I'm telling you, enthusiasm, enthusiasm. Remember we preached this last summer talking about change the atmosphere. I'm telling you, enthusiasm will change the atmosphere. But how, how many of y'all know enthusiasm is so important today? And as I was thinking about this, it's, it's a difference maker. Oh my gosh, it's a difference maker. Uh, so I'm going to tell you this story. I, I didn't have a chance to tell it in the first service, but when Pastor Brandy and I, when Pastor Ty and Luann, when they knighted us or passed the torch uh, for us to become the pastors, it was... It was the Sunday before camp meeting. Many of you were in the room. And they, they, they anointed us and prayed for us. And, and that weekend uh, was camp meeting. Well, Pastor Beth was here, and she was going to lead worship. Well, she kind of had an episode, and she couldn't go. So now I'm, I'm in the role of the senior pastor, and we were headed to New Mexico uh, for camp meeting. And so I stepped up, and I said, you know what? I'll lead worship. And backstory of us getting there, this would be the first year that we didn't take sound. Somebody, a friend of ours, stepped up and said, you know what, we want to pay for a sound guy. He's a professional. He's really good. And we're going to pay for him to come, and he's going to set everything up. So, all right. So, what time do we have to be there? Well, service starts at 7. He says, you don't have to be there till about 4.30. Well, we get there at 4.30. He had been there all day, and he still was struggling getting things set up. And I could tell this guy was a grouch. And it's really hard for me because I'm not a grouch. And I like to pick on grouches. And I'm thinking, I'm the senior pastor now. I need to walk in love. And somebody came out to me, one of the people in the van. They're like, they're like he is not a happy person. And I said, I'm seeing that. I said, we're going to kill him with kindness. So anyways, everything. He is just snappy. Just, I mean, you ever been around those people? Right? How many of y'all sitting next to one? Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> George raised his hand. Your wife is the sweetest person in the world. <laughs> anyways, uh, anyways, we, uh, he set everything up, and we needed one direct box left. And anyways, I, uh, he goes, I didn't bring one. And so I tell him, I said, and I'm, I mean, have you ever walked on eggshells with people? And I'm like, I'm like, sir, we need one more direct box. Why well, don't I have one? I said, okay, thank you. 
I said, but I have one in my bag. Well, where's your bag? I said, it's over there. He goes, you want me to just cut a hole and put the cord in there? Have you ever had boiling point of brain? You know, like when you're so mad, you got to pray in tongues. Untie my bow tie, who stole my Honda? Shit about a Hyundai. I'm like, I'm going from killing from kindness, killing with kindness, to take the kindness off. I just want to kill him. I mean, I, I am cursing the flesh. Have you ever been there before? Come on. I'm like, I just want to hit this guy in the nose one time. They all fall. They all fall in the nose. I'm like, I just, Lord, grant me the opportunity. Open the door of favor where I can hit him in the nose. And I did, I, I, I lost it on the guy. Are we going to use that guy ever again? No. No. I'm surprised if he's even in business because of his lack of enthusiasm. It's the opposite of enthusiasm. Fast forward. Now we have a guy who runs sound for us. This boy who's running sound right now, his daddy. Every time I see his daddy, he is smiling. And he has eight kids. <laughs> Probably a ninth one on the way. Lord have mercy. And you know what makes us want to use him? Not only is he good, but he's enthusiastic. I don't know about you, enthusiasm sells. And if we're going to preach the gospel, we've got to have enthusiasm. We need enthusiasm today. So what you say is this, God is in me, so I'm going to let God out of me. I mean, I want to do that. Listen to what John Maxwell says. I love his books, and he wrote this in one of his books and it's good enough to share. One of the greatest things you can do is to get excited about your life and to start living enthusiastically day after day. Your whole world will improve if you wait to get excited until some lucky outer event happens. Guess what? If you wait, what does life do? It waits. If you hold back until an appropriate time to get excited, what does life do? It holds back. You're going to hold back on enthusiasm, develop lots of patience because you're going to wait a long time for an exciting life. Can I tell you, this is true. If you wait, it'll wait. So you've got to make the most of it. Real quick, 1142. Lord, multiply my time. How do we have, why should we have enthusiasm? Number one is this. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, Go ahead and write this down. Number one, it charges you. Can I tell you, enthusiasm, what it does is it energizes you, that it builds you up, that I, I, I'm telling you there's times where a particular horse will walk up, Gabe, you've been there before, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Why'd you bring this one? I hate this one. And you have to have those moments where it charges you up. How many of y'all know you need to have that at work? How many of y'all know you need to have that at home? Enthusiasm adds to your life. Here's the second one real quick. It lifts you up. We don't need any more help bringing people down. We don't need any more help bringing people down. We've got to lift people that can't lift themselves. Come on, dads. There's, there's some kids in your homes that they can't lift themselves, but God will use you to lift them up. You might have a spouse that's going through a hard time, but God will use you to lift them up. Nobody wants a downer. Can I tell you that? Nobody wants a downer. I mean, I, I, just thinking about this, can you imagine going to a do job interview? Tell me some qual uh, characteristics about your life. Well, I just really like to bring people down. 
like grab a mint, never come back. Bye-bye, adios and bye candia. Can you imagine if your daughter came home or one of your friends was like, I can't wait for you to meet this guy. Oh, he just brings me down. Bring me down. Woo! All right. <laughs> Bring me down. But I'm telling you, I, I was about to say something, but I'm not going to say it. We've got to lift people who can't leave, uh, lift themselves. Number three is this. Ready? Number one, it charges you. Number two, it lifts you up. Number three, it's a winner. How many of, how many of y'all know your life gets derailed because of irritating problems? Your life gets real because of irritating people. How many of y'all know those people right away as I begin to talk about and describe them? You'll know who I'm talking about. They always complain about not having friends, but you get around them, it's like, no wonder. When they show up, it's like, hi. They look like Eeyore. Hi. You know those people? You know the Eeyores in life? And then they always complain about their friends to you, and you're supposed to be their friend? And it's like, no wonder. I'm having bad thoughts too around you. I'm like looking out this window. It looks more pleasing than sitting on this couch next to you. You know what I'm talking about? And they wonder why they don't have no friends. It's because they bring them down. I'm telling you, we don't need to be those people. We need to say, and you know those people are like, today's going to be a horrible day. You know those people, you talk to them on the phone every time. Everything is so bad, bad, bad. You know what I want to be? I want to be that one that says something good is going to happen to me today. How many of y'all know we need to be those people? Something good is going to happen to me today. All right. uh, As as I was thinking about this particular thing, um, we've got to be enthusiastic about the Lord. The other day, we were at Olive Garden, and um, it was prom, and these kids from snobby kids from some schools were in there, and our waitress had several... Um, several different tables she was taking care of. And she would come to our table and she was distressed and she would apologize over and over and over. Isn't it amazing how bad people are to waitresses and waiters today? I just hope you know, I see a lot of, how many of y'all know that there's people that are bad to waiters and waitresses out there? And I'm telling you, when they take your food to the back, it don't come back the same. So you might as well just like it. I'm just throwing that out there. But anyways, uh, this particular girl, you could tell that she was distressed and distraught. You know what we did? Rather than, even though our glasses were down, we could just, we had eyes to see and ears to hear. We could see that she was overwhelmed in the corner that we were in. So you know what we did? We loved on her. It's, it's, it's the craziest thing, y'all. You should try it. She was distressed. We gave her smiles. Pastor Brandy, she encouraged her, you're doing a great job. Girl, you're doing the best that you can do. And I see that. I'm seeing all of that. She built her up. In fact, when it came to pay for the meal, I gave her a very sizable tip. She goes, oh, I've got to give you some change. I said, no, no. No, you don't. Because I'm going to change one restaurant at a time. I'm going to change one waiter at a time. How many of y'all know in the drive-thru today, there is some drive-thru drama, right? We'll go, hey. Let's, as believers today, let's leave here saying, you know, at Arena of Life, they're world changers. They're going to change one drive through at a time. We're going to change one restaurant at a time. Why not give them a tip? Why not smile at them? They get cussed at all the time. It might as well be the people of God that are, have anointing on their life to be enthusiastic and full of joy. 
Come on. How many of you know God's called us to be set apart for such a time as this in the world that we live in? I need to stop screaming. And I need to end it. So how do we do this? Number one, everybody say choice. Listen, right now, you're going to have to make the decision. I'm going to make the choice to live with enthusiasm. And I'll tell you right now, well, it's not my personality. I'll tell you right now this. It's not a type of personality. It's a type of obedience. And we've got to be obedient to have the choice that I am, when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to be enthusiastic. When that person that I can't stand comes to me at work, I'm going to be enthusiastic when he walks in the door. Number two is this. Number two is this. Thou saith the Lord, get around other enthusiastic people. Amen. There's this thing on Facebook called unfollow. I do it all the time. It's great. I encourage all of you to do it. You need, you need a way to do it? Call Lucas. He'll help you out. <laughs> but how many of y'all know there's some people y'all in the room here that you're negative all the time. I don't even follow you. As your pastor, thou saith the Lord. Because you're so negative all the time. And I don't want negativity. I want to get around some positive people. All right? I'm telling you, complainers, delete. Delete. Those haters, run. Come on. We need all the help that we can get. Let's get around some enthusiastic people. That's what I love about Gabe. He's always smiling. His son may not believe me, but every time I'm around him, he's always smiling. I want to be around some happy people. I, amen? I want to be around some happy people. I, 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 uh, Kiki was in the first service, and I've been in the barn with him many times shoeing horses. Now, he might talk a lot of trash to me the whole time, which is just a part of it. But uh, one thing I love about it, he's always smiling. Always, always, always. I want to be around those people that make me better and not work. I, I tell you what, I would be, I'd rather be lonely going up than have company coming down. I really would. And the world needs it more today. Get around enthusiastic people. You rise and fall to the level of your friends. Number three is this. Invite the Lord to come live in you. In theos. You need it. You need it. And can I tell you this? They need it. I'm coming to an end right here. I'm finishing up. 11.50. Lord, forgive me. They need it. Can I tell you about my educational background? My educational background is I graduated from high school with honors. I had to throw that out there because I don't have very much educational background. <laughs> and there was like, I graduated with 19. So I was head of my class. It was 18 under me. No. I'm going to stop there. Went to Bible school. But you know, and all of those things are great, but you know what I have a doctrine in? You know what I have like a PhD? You know what I have post-grad in? It's being an enthusiastic father. You know who's the loudest at a wrestling tournament? This guy right here. No, not even other dads. This dad, I'm telling you, it could be a room full of 500, but you can hear Travis Lee Bennett in the crowd. When we're at a volleyball tournament, it's the same thing. In fact, I got to watch it there because dad, I have that, you know, that daughter is like, Dad, you are embarrassing me. 
Especially when I say things they say in high school, like, that's bussin'. She's like, Dad, that's for food. Whatever. <laughs> but I love the megaphone. I don't need the megaphone, but I like to be loud. You know what we did last night? Last night at the Bennett House, in the basement of the Bennett House, it was soccer. It was one-on-two, Anson and catch against Dad. It was 15-15. No, it was 14-15. Boys were up. They had to win by two. So I got into it. In the left corner. I don't even know they do this in soccer. Three foot, zero inches tall, weighing in at 46 pounds. Atlee, catch, Bennett! When they were open the dummy, how we are. I tried to use all these kind of different voices and things like that. Reno, Nevada! We got Dad Bennett in the head and box. We got Anson Bennett in the cat in the heel box. Dad Bennett's horse is running a little slow because he had too much for dinner. But I do all those things. Why? Because I need, they need it. Can I tell you, the school that they go to, they need a dad that encourages them. And the society that they live in, they need it. Oh, Addison, my daughter, 15 years old. She has a job at United Market Street. We're those parents, cruel, unusual parents that made our daughters have respect daughter have responsibility and get a job does she need to have one can we provide for her yes but she needs to provide for herself because kids don't know how to work today so you know what i do when i pick her up i pick her up i still do it i picked her up like six seven times now addison i'm so proud of you i'll roll down the windows i'm so proud of addison oh dad you're embarrassing but I know deep down inside, she loves it. And I do it all the way home. I'm so proud of you, Addison. Why am I telling you this? I'm not telling you to blow, the, blow up things in my own life, be prideful or anything like that. I'm telling you, you need to do the same thing in your own family. You got some people out there that you need to say, hey, I love you. Hey, I love you. Hey, I love you. I do it to Brandy all the time. You're my girl. She's like, you're so loud. I know, I can't help it. Now I realize it's a part of my personality. But can I tell you, I grew up in a home, and many of you know the, my past, the home that I grew up in. I, there was things that happened in my childhood that were tragic. But can I tell you, I had a mom and dad that were always full of joy and enthusiasm. Always full of joy and full of enthusiasm. Can, he can I tell you, I'm a product of joy and enthusiasm. When there was no joy and enthusiasm to be found, they were always full of the Lord, and they served the Lord with vigor, with joy and enthusiasm. Can I tell you, that's why it's so important that you have the infilling of the Holy Spirit, because the Bible says you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you, and you'll be my, my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. Can I tell you, I thank God for the Holy Spirit on the inside of me that makes me the enthusiastic dad that I am, the enthusiastic husband that I try to be, the enthusiastic person, pastor, or person in, inside the restaurant that needs to give a little enthusiasm to somebody else. Can I tell you what Jesus is doing? He's down going, hey, I need you. 
Listen to the end of the story. Haggai 1 and verse 20. I promise you, if you're new here today, I normally don't preach this long. All the kids took my time. So did the baptisms. But thank God. Isn't that exciting that they did? They can take my time anytime. I mean, I mean seriously, you need to be excited about that. I promise you, there is church, there is Amarillo is full of churches that are so dead they hadn't baptized somebody in years. And the fact that we do it as much as we do is awesome. But look at the end of the story. Haggai 1 verse 20. Stand to your feet. On the same day, December 18th, the Lord sent this second message to Haggai. Tell Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah, that I am about to shake the heavens and the earth. You know what America needs today is a shaking of the heavens and the earth. Can I tell you what the earth and the world needs today is a shaking of the heavens and the earth. It says, I will overthrow royal thrones and destroy the power of foreign kingdoms. I will overturn their chariots and riders. The horses will fall and their riders will kill each other. Verse 23, but when this happens, says the Lord of heaven's army, I will honor you, Zerubbabel, son of Sheetal, my servant. I will make you like a signet ring on my finger. He said, I'm going to give you all the authority and all the land because of your spirit of enthusiasm that built the temple for me. Come on. When you get a spirit of enthusiasm and you build things, God gives you authority. Can I say that again? We need some authority today. We need some enthusiasm. How many of y'all want enthusiasm? How many of y'all? Come on. We need some enthusiasm. Dads, we need some enthusiasm. Parents, we need some. Grandparents, we need some enthusiasm. Quit trying to sell the gospel like, it's great. So good. Be excited about the Lord. Be excited about the Lord. He's not just a good old boy upstairs. He lives in me. He's not in an attic, right? He's not the creepy guy in the attic. He lives in me. I'm excited about the Lord. Let's be enthusiastic about it. Your job, your boss needs you to be enthusiastic. Your kids need you to be enthusiastic. Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our Church Center app, our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.